now. Welcome to Nothing Impossible. Here are your hosts, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome in, Michael and Travis, with you out in the city for this edition of Nothing Impossible. Yeah, listen to that sound. It sounds so nice being in a city. You know what else we're going to hear sounds of? Sounds of innovation. And sounds of construction, too, because we're going to take a look inside two, exclusive look inside two of the most highly anticipated projects in the St. Louis area. We're talking about the foundry and the armory. Right. One is on, uh, I guess, the north side of 44, or 40, and one is on the south side of 40, and they're both going to be under construction, or actually actively under construction now, and opening in the next couple of years. Very innovative, do we use that word too much, innovative (laughs) spaces. Uh, The Armory is, uh, you know, that incredible building that has uh, been home to sports over the years, in addition to to originally being an Armory, and then you've got the uh, city foundry across the street, an old rusted over factory with graffiti and weeds and neither of these buildings are going to look like they do now when they're completed. But both of them are going to uh, maintain their bones a bit. I mean, they're both going to have, you know, they're going to honor the past by being prepared for the future. Yeah. So let's go inside. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the armory first and check that out. Yeah. And then we'll uh, hop on over to the foundry. We'll have a good time. Join us. Right. We'll be right back on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome back, Nothing Impossible on KMOX, on location in Midtown St. Louis, Michael Calhoun. And Travis Sheridan, you hear some uh, freeway noise in the background. We're standing outside the uh, the armory. It's yeah. beautiful out here. Let's talk about what's next for the armory. Yeah, let's do that. With Megan Ridgway, who's a principal at Arturis Architecture Firm, based in downtown St. Louis, and Philip Holes, who's managing partner at Green Street St. Louis. Thank you both for joining us and bringing us out here to see this amazing building. Our pleasure. Uh, t- today is a great uh, moment to kind of share with you our vision and to kind of explain what we see happening next. We obviously have a lot of interest in connecting to Cortex, the universities. This is a unique structure that allows us to become a part of this really rich community that's really driving a lot of our economy. The growth that has occurred in Cortex has been amazing, over 4,000 jobs. And that's expanding at a rapid clip. Uh, We're also at a Metrolink station, so we can connect to that innovation district and to the medical complex. So we will provide a unique opportunity for users to be in a truly historic building that gets reconnected not only by light rail, but also a trail system that GRG is going to be instrumental in connecting us with City Foundry, with Cortex, with Forest Park, and the Arch. That's the the vision that we have here, and there will be a mix of uses beyond the armory, so it'll have a broader platform. Scale is important. What's happening with City Foundry is important, that we link up with them and have connectivity, because they'll have a retail component food court that I think will be dynamic and innovative and they will complement what we will do both on a residential and office side as well. So, uh, And we see ourselves linking the medical campus to the main campus at St. Louis U. So that pedestrian bridge will accomplish that and bring people here that aren't here now to really create a new energy. What's the history? You mentioned it, but what is the history of this building? Just the tennis stars who played inside of here. Uh, well, it was built in 1938 for the 138th Infantry Division that, that is now based in Jeff City. But in that same time frame from the late 40s, even when it was operated as a armory, it was also the largest indoor tennis facility in the Midwest. 
and it was home to great names like Arthur Ashe, who really got his base built here in terms of learning tennis and lived here in St. Louis and grew to become, you know, an icon in the tennis world. Uh, was a Wimbledon champion, Jimmy Connors, Butch Buckholtz, Robert Flack, uh, a whole host of people have this strong memory in their mind. And this was a unique facility because it was hardwood surface, so when the ball hit, it accelerated. So it taught a lot of these individuals how to re return the ball in a more dynamic way, quicker way, that created a uniqueness. But there's not just those stars, but a lot of St. Louisans play tennis here. And so after that, it was also a concert venue for people like the Grateful Dead in the 60s, Ike and Tina Turner, James Brown, Moby Grape, so a lot of good things. And then a, a kind of a sports facility for soccer, uh, baseball, golf, so a lot of people in and out of this building, and it's important in our mind to preserve some of that history, but also take it to the next generation of collaborative office space that's tech-enabled and very open. We'll have a roof deck, which will be unique on most buildings that you would go and call your home. And so we also want to bring other commercial enterprises. A microbrew is in our radar to bring here too that activates and creates a common meeting place. So we did Urban Chestnut as a good example on how that's been a catalyst for other things in the Grove. When was the last time this building was used for anything? When, before, before the boards went up and some of the windows became broken and it took on its current state? You know, it probably lingered on, you know, to the late 90s and then uh, steadily went downhill. So it's been pretty much shuttered. I mean, there has been some storage here, but really as a public space, it's it's been a decade or more, you know, that's kind of been quietly sitting here waiting for somebody to show up to figure out how to reposition it. Well, I, I like the tennis analogy that, uh, you know, the ball returns in a dynamic way, right? So uh, Arcturus is known as doing things that taking adaptive reuse and returning old buildings in a dynamic way. What excites you most about uh, a project like this? Well, the armory is pretty incredible because, um, Michael, as you mentioned, people drive by it and have been driving by it for years and, and just seeing it shuttered. And so, you know, there's a few keys here that just get my passion going in terms of the revitalization of um, not only an iconic piece of architecture and, and historic architecture, but also St. Louis. And and that is that, um, Phil, as you mentioned, there, you know, we feel a great responsibility to the preservation of the armory um, and this, uh, this amazing historic architecture but also to making sure we can catapult the vision uh, for innovation and the redevelopment of the building into the future so that it, we are attracting those creative office users, those innovative um, companies who are, are looking to attract and retain the next generation of the workplace. Um, so it's an interesting dichotomy between preservation and innovation and uh, and then just the connectivity. So um, the the process that we need to go through from a design standpoint to marry preservation 
and innovation is is pretty incredible because this while it's a project in and of itself we always have to be thinking about how is this piece of architecture connecting back to the associate the adjacent um, uh, development such as the foundry of the cortex of SSM's new replacement hospital um, of SLU's main campus and so we're really looking towards the um, development of the armory district which is much broader than just the armory itself and the adjacent land use as well as adjacent buildings and how we can re-envision that design holistically and not myopically in terms of one intervention. Well, one of the most myopic questions everybody always asks is how soon, right? Because once once a project is announced, they want to know when can we get into get into it. So what is the timing on a project like this? So so um, we really anticipate, I'm speaking a little bit for Phil here, but we really anticipate that we'll have users in this building um, by early 19. And so while it may be... Uh, you know, looking shuttered for a little bit longer. We do anticipate some construction movement and demolition starting later this year. And so I think that'll be a really exciting time as you drive down Highway 40 and can uh, watch the watch the progress. Phil, tell us about this area. And I think a lot of people might be familiar with it as this quasi-industrial kind of area, the train tracks over here. Um, but that's changing. We talk about the Metrolink station nearby, what's happening with City Foundry, the redevelopment of another industrial site. Uh, what's changing about this area and what's going to be different for someone who hasn't checked this part of town out in 10 years, 10 years from now, what's it going to be like? Well, I think uh, it'll be a place where lots of people want to come, touch, feel, and experience. It'll be a place that uh, companies want to call their home. Uh, to be a part of this really transformational uh, piece that's happening in St. Louis. Innovation, universities, medical research, uh, plant science, all those things are converging and even if you're not in that realm, you want to be a part of it because it has its own dynamic energy, it's got a fast growth, it's kind of replacing our old corporate anchors that we had here over the years that have kind of you know, waned a little bit. So the whole platform of where our economy is going, it's more service driven, it's more technology driven, and you want to integrate that in a way that creates jobs. And the universities have figured out that bringing that innovation district to this core amongst the university creates great opportunity for growth, uh, investment, and it'll be a hub for restaurants, live, work, play environment. So what you're going to see is an area that seems dead now that will become full of life. Uh, you know, we took the old Renard paper building. It was kind of nondescript. Now it's urban chestnut and it becomes a gathering place for hundreds of people in the evening and on weekends. And once you provide the connector of this trail system that links us all together, you'll see a an added reason for people to come touch, feel, and activate. If you've been to New York, the High Line, or Beltline in Atlanta, or 606 in Chicago, these linkages are key to bringing people together, bringing ideas, and creating innovation, and we've got a great platform to execute with that here. And I might just uh, expand on that a little bit. So the trail system that Phil is mentioning, um, Great Rivers Greenway here in town is uh, championing a effort to connect Forest Park with the city uh, Arch River efforts at the at the Arch. Um, and 
basically providing a framework for a pedestrian uh, way, a bikeway that would connect those um, those two iconic elements of our city with a lot of stops along the way. And the armory is is weaved into that. Um, so going back to that connectivity, I think that'll be an amazing piece of um, infrastructure that will allow this development as well as a lot of the, the development here in Midtown to succeed because it provides direct linkages back to uh, the Metrolink, to the bus system. Um, and, you know, as, as, the, as St. Louis is my adopted hometown, and so to see this investment um, and this vision start to come to life in terms of what St. Louis can really be, um, I, I think is really exciting. We're standing here in the shadow of this beautiful building. What do you say we go inside, Travis? I think it's a good day to uh, do a tour inside the armory to get a vision of what is to become of this great place. Let's do it. We'll be back from inside the armory up next on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Mornings and afternoons, KMOX has news at the top and bottom of the hour. Traffic and weather every 10 minutes and sports at 15 and 45. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back. Nothing impossible. Inside now of the old armory, just off 64 in downtown, just near downtown St. Louis in Midtown. There's a great echo in here. Like, it's not a distracting echo. It's a voluminous, like, substantial building echo. Well, it's a voluminous, substantial building. What's What would you say the aesthetic in here? Because we still have, are we on the guest or the home? side of the sidelines right now, by the way, underneath the reviewing stand here. Well, I, uh, another re- favorite memory of mine of being in an armory is this, that's where I took six weeks of wrestling as a, as a fourth grader. And after I got dropped on my head a number of times, I quit wrestling, but it was always at an armory and it looked just like this. It was a big open building that, uh, it looks like something from the old movie Hoosiers, right? It's, you, you would imagine, uh, you know, uh, a basketball, a college basketball game going on in here. It's, it's, it is beautiful and it's massive. I don't necessarily need to talk about budget, but I, however you're going to finance this, there's a, there's a gold mine in these uh, bleacher chairs all around. <laughs> take them down, take them up to like a flea market in Brooklyn. You're getting like $10,000 a row for these things. I mean, that could be your financing package. It's right there. It, it's, it's amazing to see, uh, you know, all of just, like you said, a, a snapshot in time. All of this was just here. Uh, and there's a great market, secondary market for, uh, you know, vintage bleacher chairs. Well, you know, I think you're onto something here. <laughs> we always need more equity. And, and the, the chairs are it. Um, you know, it is a big project. And um, the good thing about this is that we've got enough interest from dynamic users that we feel inside of our inner soul here that we're on the path. And uh, having been to the groundbreaking at Cortex yesterday, kind of reinvigorate that. And this connectivity is a big part of that. Here we have a building that will allow us to do some special things that aren't found in normal buildings. We'll have a roof deck that allows the tenants and visitors to really experience the full gamut of what this building feels like, and it adds to the you know dynamics of being here. Uh, collaboration is a big part of what we're going to create here, and innovation. So that means we got to have people feel excited and enriched when they walk in that door. So we'll do a lot to respect the history. You know, we'll have potentially the Tennis Hall of Fame here, you know, as a memorial to that. We certainly want to recognize the music and the sports and the military experience. So part of it is we'll have probably an interactive display that shows you the history that takes you back in time that you can share with your clients and customers and visitors. So, and we're fortunate to have Arcturus really help create the vision 
and the platform and the look of this, they were instrumental in what's going on in Cortex and helping that be a success. So I think we're, we're fortunate. We've got 80,000 square foot floor plates that will give us uh, an opportunity to really bring lots of people together. You know, one of the things I can speak to with Arcturus in our 40-year history, we've, we've really focused on innovative workplace. And what is such a, a buzz right now is the workplace of choice and being able to select what kind of space you want to work in based on the tasks that are set forth for you for the day. And that rooftop deck that you mentioned, Phil, is an incredible asset because there's about an acre of rooftop uh, in this building that exists. And so we envision that as being a, um, a place of hardscape, landscape, meeting space, individual workspace, uh, recreation space that can contribute to uh, wellness. And there are things that um, our clients are seeking and looking for now, and it's all baked into this building already, just with a little, you know, elbow grease and dusting off. It would be amazing, uh, I don't know if it's part of the plan, but to have a rooftop uh, track, you know, running, a running track out there. I mean, as I, as I look at the renderings, of course, it's on a perfect blue sky, which we actually, you could have taken that picture today because it looks like that right now. Uh, but just the ability, I think about these big city amenities, and one of the things I love about St. Louis is I always say it has small, ta- small, t- small town ease with big city amenities, and a rooftop deck, an acre of rooftop, really is that big city amenity that we have a number of people that are moving back from the coasts or returning to their roots, and we like to show off things like this because it's what they're familiar with if they're living in San Francisco or New York or something like that. Phil, in years past, if a company was looking to expand or looking for space, they might look in the traditional office park or build a new building in a a green field. What has been the attraction lately for coming back to beautiful places like this that have been neglected? And instead of building a new, renewing places like this? Well, I think it allows you to um, create a unique look and feel. You're taking architecture at from a period of time that was rich. I mean, you walk around this building and the element of detail, the structure of the steel girders that support this roof, those are elements that you don't see in a normal building. And I think what we're trying to do is use the energy of this building within the workspace. And I think part of that is, is that these are gems that are kind of like Megan said, need to be dusted off and polished and really brought back to life through good thinking of taking a building and making its, econo- or its you know, kind of impact to the environment what drives you. Because if you create a space that feels good to your spirit, natural light, has good air quality, really respects your surroundings, good things, you feel that energy when you walk into the building. And... Uh, We've done it on a number of occasions. Most of our buildings are LEED certified. We've done some at the platinum level, and it's a showcase. It also kind of raises the wellness that people aren't as sick, you know, as often because you've got air quality and a sensitivity to the workspace. That's where you spend a lot of your time. But more importantly, that it has a really good spirit about it, and this, this building will have a tremendous spirit about it. When we think of uh, just demand, uh, I, was, I was recently in Saudi Arabia, and they are building buildings. Their financial district is almost all brand new in Riyadh, and it's 80%, or tw- I'm sorry, 25% occupied. And it's because they have a lot of money from petroleum, and they want to put that into something that's not petroleum, and so they build buildings. Uh, what is the demand like? I know that we're not in a situation like that here, but what's the demand like in, in the St. Louis region? I mean, we're seeing new buildings going up in Cortex. We're seeing, uh, you know, the AT&T Tower getting ready to be vacated. Uh, so there's going to be some available inventory there. Uh, what, what's the pro- prognosis for long-term commercial real estate here in the St. Louis region? 
Well, I think uh, for this central corridor, it's rich with opportunity. It's got all the right players. Uh, what needs to happen is really creating not the same kind of space that the office market has currently that you would go out and look at. You need to create something that engages, that is unique, that is experiential. Um, you know, the rebirth of the Grove, Tower Grove, Grand Avenue, you know, all those, Lafayette Square, Benton Park, all those have a vibe of people getting out and connecting. And so you have to have a bigger spirit than just the building. You have to have connectivity. You have to have activities. You can walk. You can ride your bike. You can hop on the Metrolink. Those are all things that kind of bring a, a, a true experience front to back. And I think the millennials, which are driving a lot of this, that's what they're looking for. And we're seeing that in every major city throughout the U.S. It's what's changing the work environment. It's what's changing the developer's look. It's being on these transportation hubs that link you and then having these trail systems that you know allow you to have really a true experience that's different than hopping in your car is important and then having the dynamics of universities and research going on it's got its own energy and having nightlife there's 370,000 square feet of retail along Manchester in the Grove so it's uh, it's got the right vibe that's what will make us different than going down town which has its its opportunity too but we've got a little different thing here that we're working off the universities yeah. let's go to the roof let's go to the let's go to the roof we'll be back from the roof all right so here we are up on the roof and uh, megan you noted you can hear the highway noise it's it's pretty loud up here, at least on this side of the building, but that might give a little bit of a, a differing spaces on the roof, louder versus uh, quieter on the other side. Absolutely. So as we stand here on the north side of the roof deck, as you mentioned, you can hear the highway noise. Uh, when I, I mentioned to people that Arcturus is working on this project, a lot of comments that I hear back are, oh, that building is so close to the highway. And it is. But I feel like the the proximity of the highway, um, just the, the nestling of the armory in what has now become this very industrial area is is really interesting. I don't I don't look at it as a negative at all. In fact, I think it's quite positive because it highlights uh, and makes obvious how intertwined this building is to the urban fabric and the character of St. Louis. And so I, I think it's a in, in really interesting moment for the building. Well, and I think of it as the people that want to live out in the suburbs near uh, near a water feature, like a, a man-made lake or something like that, and they move out there because they want to hear the bullfrogs at night, right? They, they want to hear the things that are authentic to the, the, el the environment in which they've decided to live, work, play, what have you. And, you know, I've lived in urban districts for quite a while. I love being near railroad tracks, like, because whenever the train does come by, I feel like there's industry happening right behind me. There's something as goods are moving from A to B. So I, I, I would agree. The the uh, the sound that comes off of the freeway here just means that you're you're here. This is where you're supposed to be. Can you draw us a picture of what this? Because right now it's it's very roof like with the gravel, and you can hear 
hear that up here, but what is the vision for this? How transformed is this space going to be? Well, this will be, this will again strike that balance between preservation and innovation, but we fully anticipate that this becomes about 50% green space and 50% uh, hard space where you could have a meeting or tables and chairs. And as we mentioned, it's an acre of space. So we're talking about a half acre of green roof and a half acre of occupiable space. And it will, you know, when you look out here to the, I'm looking to the east, you can see the arch. We've talked about in the north, you have the highway. You look to the south and you'll be able to really observe the development of the new hospital for SSM. Uh, you are just in the middle of development and it's exciting. Can you give any hints as to what tenants might be interested or what, maybe even just what kind of tenants you're looking for? Uh, we've had a number of the Cortex people that are growing that need a bigger platform than they can see in that environment. We've had creative firms, marketing firms. Uh, we have the kind of next generation office platform users that want to lease large blocks of space and lease individually to the millennial they're interested in this space. And then we've got some corporate uh, users that want to come down here that want to differentiate themselves. So not just the, the startups or the innovators, but corporate people who want to have presence. This is a great opportunity to have a marketing platform that speaks to your support of city development, but also wants to be in the innovation district. So I think we'll have a good shot of capturing somebody of substantial nature because it's got the right bones to do that. Somebody will love to put their name and say, this is our home. Well, thanks so much for taking us on a tour. This was this is great up here. This is beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for spending the time with us today. It's great. Absolutely. Phil Holes from Green Street and Megan Ridgeway from Arturis. And we'll be back with more Nothing Impossible after this. Now, back to Nothing Impossible on News Radio 1120, KMOX. All right, welcome back. Nothing Impossible. Michael Calhoun on the other side of the highway now, inside of what will soon be the City Foundry District and project here along Forest Park Avenue and with Steve Smith of the Lawrence Group. Thank you for taking, in, taking us inside of here. Well, thank you. I'm uh, excited with everything that's happening in the neighborhood and uh, happy to share. Absolutely. So this is next to Ikea. We can see the flags flying at the furniture store right across the way here. Uh, and this is the old Federal Mogul factory along Forest Park Avenue. People surely have, have driven past it and maybe not even given it a second look because of the graffiti and the rust and all of that. Yeah, so the building was built in the 20s, uh, 1920s, is the Crescent Electric, and they made electric motors here. And then over the years, they put all these different additions on it. So what you see today is an accumulation of almost five different buildings that were built almost over the last hundred years. But most people today probably recognize it as that building with the weeds and the graffiti on it, which is going to change very, very shortly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the rent are, and I think there's some over here, aren't there, of, of this district and what it's going to look like. There's not going to be any driving past it and not taking a look when you're finished. I think when we're done, all 2.8 million people in St. Louis is going to know what we're doing here because we'll have a great big city foundry sign. Our entrance is immediately across the street from Ikea. We'll actually share, share uh, signals, go one way into Ikea, the other way into our development. And so, yeah, I think we'll be pretty well known. And so tell me a little bit about what do it's radio, so maybe pull out some adjectives. And, and what is this factory like on the inside, and what are the plans 
I hope people have heard about the food hall, but explain what's in the works for this. Yeah, so the original building is a 30,000 square foot uh, foundry building, So, and we've cleared it all out. So you have all this interesting structure, uh, these skylights, and what we call clear stories, so it'll be very much light-filled. And within that, we're going to put 20 food stalls. And those are, in a way, they're almost like the food trucks, in a way. So very creative and innovative chefs and uh, food proprietors uh, that about half of them have already committed. And so you'll be able to go into this really grand, interesting old space that's been repurposed. But once made uh, break drums will now be repurposed as a place to get creative and innovative food, food ideas. And innovation is something we hear about constantly in this area. Cortex, I can see the cranes. Things are happening in Cortex. Microsoft's building is going up. Uh, but this is interesting, the food, the food hall, and the fact that uh, this is almost startups for restaurants, right? Yeah, so right now there is so much innovation. Uh, there's a, a tremendous startup community that's happening in St. Louis, and it's happening in downtown and midtown, yet it isn't really something that the public would need to go to. These are primarily businesses and things like that. So what our thought with City Foundry is let's do stuff where innovation is for the public. And that often happens around food. Uh, so our food hall is really, we think of it as innovation around food. Uh, but also some of the uh, other retailers and other businesses we're talking to, we're looking for those sort of businesses that are innovative and are creative. And in some cases, we hope to have startups and support the overall innovation uh, community that's happening in Midtown. It seems like City Foundry is the going to be the spot to go if you want to check out the innovation scene you hear about startups and all this stuff going on in st louis but you're right you know you, you're walking into an office if you necessarily go you know to check out somebody working on an app or something like that so is this are you hoping the kind of the the experience of startups in st louis you know what happens in a place like cortex part of the idea of the innovation community is having people interact almost in spontaneous ways so the idea of the food hall which is going to be open seating so we'll have 20 uh, food stalls but you'll have a couple hundred seats that are that are open to where you can meet people and interchange ideas people with different backgrounds and that's how innovation occurs and so this can be a place where the employees at Microsoft the employees at uh, CIC employees that will be over at the armory uh, will come across and can intermingle and socialize and that's really part of what the innovation community uh, intends to happen is to put people together so that uh, magic can happen out of that spontaneous uh, connections and as we were on the other side of the highway looking across we could see this factory here and from here i think even out out of these windows in this building you can see the armory across the way is there going to be a synergy between these two projects so uh, when i found out that phil hulse had bought the armory i was thrilled because phil does great things and he's going to do something really really special there so we've been in communication and trying to coordinate our plans together because we see us both benefiting from one another and so in our master plan and our vision would be to create uh, a, a pedestrian bridge which we're calling the innovation bridge that would connect our two projects across highway 4064 it actually would sit between the eastbound and westbound lanes and go in between the two and connect the north side and the south side of the highway with this project again ikea cortex even apartment complexes going up would this project have been feasible 10 years ago five years ago no it would not have been i think really the uh the I would have to say IKEA really was the trigger event. I mean, Cortex has got a tremendous amount of momentum, but IKEA is retail. 
And of course, they're a smart company, uh, one of the biggest retailers in the world. And for them to say this is a good place to put retail suggested to uh, not only us as developers, but also our tenants that actually this is not a bad place. This is actually a good place to, to be imagining retail in the future. So without IKEA, we're not here. And they've only been open less than two years at this point. One of the previous plans for this site involved what kind of looked like a suburban uh, shopping center, strip mall. And you came in and bought and bought this and said, no, we're going to go for something more urban and more innovative. And why do you think that's a fit for the city of St. Louis? Why is, is this the spot for something like that? And do you think that's an attitude that developers in this city could, could look to more, not necessarily doing the big parking lot, uh, strip mall kind of developments and more of what you're doing? You know, I think the type of um, the, the millennial generation wants authenticity and creativity and uniqueness and, and really experience. I, I think of it as the... Uh, the Instagram generation, which is all about experience and uniqueness. And so building something that you can see anywhere USA doesn't really feed that whole idea of, of experience and uniqueness. Taking a foundry building, and the foundry building is 180,000 square feet, and repurposing it, in our case, not not just a food hall, but we're going to have retail, office, we think we may have a beer garden, all different kind of uses creates a really unique Instagrammable sort of experience as well as good business and I think wonderful amenities for the uh, rapidly growing innovation uh, businesses that are coming into this area. Now there has been some concern from areas Dogtown, Cherokee, some of the neighborhoods um, that maybe some of their small corner businesses might leave and move to this project. Um, I'm sure you've heard those concerns. Sure. What, what do you say to that? Well, the first thing I would say is that right now we have about 60% of our foundry committed. And not one of them is from Cherokee Street. Not one of them is from the Grove. So we're, we don't want to take business from, from St. Louis because that doesn't do the city any good. We really want to create something that's great for St. Louis. The vast majority of our big uh, retail um, tenants that we have on board right now, I can't mention them yet, are not even in the city of St. Louis today, and several of them are not even in the St. Louis region. And so we, you know, one of the aspirations we had from the beginning was to bring unique destinations, not not uh, retail that you can go to the gallery or West County or out in Chesterfield, because then there's nothing special here. We're hoping to bring the type of businesses, the retailers, entertainment, food that doesn't exist anywhere except here and not taking them from other parts of the city while doing it. Yeah, so we've talked about the food hall, but the shopping is a huge part of this, especially, I mean, as a city resident, if you want to do any amount of shopping, really, you have to drive to Brentwood. You have to drive across the county line. Is this project uh, going to change that somewhat? You know, you bring up a good point. Uh, I've spent my entire career working in the city of St. Louis, and as it is today, you cannot buy a suit in the city limits. Uh, to get any kind of fashion, man or woman, you've got to drive to the county. And so we've lost, as a city uh, resident, we've lost our retail tax base to a large degree. So we're hopeful and, quite frankly, expecting that this reestablishes the city of St. Louis as a place that can support not just retail, but uh, progressive uh, hip retail. And part of that will be, uh, will be fashion. But we also have entertainment, we have food, food hall, restaurant, uh, hard good retail. 
So it's going to be diverse, uh, much more diverse than you'd see, I think, at a strip center or a suburban shopping mall in terms of the sort of things we're going to be doing here. And Steve, as we stand here, work's going on. This, you know, there, what's the timeline from here? You're, you're already underway with this, right? Yeah, we're well underway. You know, we've, we've owned the building about two years. Uh, we started the remediation work uh, about almost a year ago. It's been 10 months. They're narrowing in on completing all of the remediation and site preparation work that'll finish in august we hope to start major construction right around the beginning of next year january of next year so uh, about six months from now it'll take a year to a year and a half to build it i mean there'll be different tenants moving in at different times but we fully anticipate by december of 2018 going into spring of 2019 floods of people are going to be coming to city foundry and just paint the picture of um you know, th- what What this is going to be like, there's the, there, we haven't even talked about the elevated uh, rail track that uh, the hope is that that becomes a trail, an elevated trail. And then the factory, and then there are other buildings besides these historic renovations that are planned. And paint the picture of what this city foundry district is going to be like. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned the elevated rail line. So I don't know how many of our listeners have been to New York and been on the New York High Line. If you haven't, when you go to New York, you have to go see it. It's the most visited tourist attraction. That's not even tourism. It's the most visited attraction in New York is, is their High Line, which is an elevated park uh, in uh, Midtown Manhattan. We're going to do a similar thing here in partnership with Great Rivers Greenway. This is part of the Great Rivers Greenway Master Plan, and we're working with them right now to create um, take the elevated rail spur that exists today, which you can see from Highway 4064, and convert that into an elevated park that then will connect if you buy foot or by uh, bike or any way you'd want to travel into Cortex, and then on into BJC, and then on into Forest Park by Steinberg uh, Skating Rink. So we, we create a trail, uh, which is basically going to be a park, um, a linear park, if you can picture that. All right, some more information, website people can go to? So the website would be cityfoundrystl.com, cityfoundrystl.com, and our Instagram page by the same address. All right, Steve Smith, Lawrence Group, thank you so much. Thank you, Michael.